Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. A couple of stories and maybe a poem today. So this is a story of a wealthy lady at the time of the Buddha. And her son was a, a monk. And uh, one day he was coming to the, to the village to give a Dharma talk. And so this was a very wealthy woman. And she went into the village to listen to her son talk. Very proud of her son coming back to the village. And while she was there, um, a bunch of robbers went to burgle her house. The maid of the house saw them entering and she came running out from the, to the village to uh, Wojciech screaming. There you go. He wants some attention from Koshin. Whenever you, whenever you close the door, those of you who have cats, whenever you close the door, they want to go into that room. So, um, where we, oh, so the, uh, the maid ran, ran into the village and said to the, the lady of the house, there are burglars entering the house and they're trying to steal everything. And she said, don't interrupt me now. I'm listening to the Dharma. Just go away. So the maid sits back down again, goes back to the house, sorry. And she, now she sees the robbers entering into the room where the gold is kept. And she goes running back to the village. She says, ma'am, 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 now they're taking all the gold. They're after the gold. And she says, I've told you, they could take whatever they want. I don't care. I'm listening to the Dharma. There's nothing more important than the Dharma. The leader of this group of robbers was sitting in the audience. And so he went running to the house where, the, where his partners were, his cohorts were, and he said, stop, stop, don't take anything. This is such an important lady. She must, if she's listening to this, the stories, she must be a really, she must have really, really good merit. And it would be bad karma for us to steal anything. So just leave it to her. So as the story goes, all the robbers came back to the village, heard the story, and at the end of the story, Sona, the son, anointed them all and they became Buddhist monks. Right? That's the end of the story. That's sweet. Robbers became becoming Buddhist monks. The only thing that the only thing that mattered to the lady of the house, to this very wealthy lady, was the Dharma, teachings of the Dharma. Everything else could go by the wayside. So at the midday sit today, someone hacked into the Zoom account and uh, and left some really nasty comments in the chat box. Uh, Racist, anti-Semitic, pornographic. And to those who saw the comments, who were there on the sit, I apologize. And I apologize for the person who suffers so much that they need 
to be so violent in speech and for them to create so much harm. What's that about? What's that about? And how do we find the strength to be with that? How do we find that? Unfortunately, we're living in a time where these kind of things can occur. You know, we can be hacked. Uh, and they're not unusual. You know, we're living in this cyber age. And we know there are at least two other Dharma centers have experienced the same uh, misfortune of being hacked. Um, and some of you might be aware that one of our Sangha members was the victim of uh, a troll for over 18 months with daily attacks on them, about their religion, their heritage, and their sexuality. Eventually, with the help of the police department and the cyber crimes unit, um, the perpetrator was found and was uh, charged and uh, dealt with appropriately or almost appropriately, not quite as strongly as fitted the crime of violence, violence of language, violence of words. So the story of the wealthy lady 2,500 years ago with her son this is like 2,500 years before the internet, right? There's a parallel here. There's nothing that could dissuade her from her staying grounded, listening to the Dharma. What was most important to her was the Dharma, was the teachings. Let them take whatever, I don't care. I just need to be here right now, listening to the Dharma, experiencing the teachings. <clears throat> yeah. So how do we stay grounded in the practice when there are so many ways to pull us in another direction? At this time that we're living in, find ourselves getting really, really angry at the way politics are playing out at a time when we're in the midst of a global pandemic. It seems that nothing's more important than people in a pissing contest, you know? How do we stay grounded after fighting with our partner or being assaulted by a stranger posting vile words on our, on our Zoom site. How do we stay grounded in that? How do we stay, stay true to our practice? It's not easy. For me, seeing those hateful words today, I felt a surge of rage, a feeling of not being safe you know, words on the screen. And then a feeling of deep, deep sadness. And this wasn't all in, you know, seconds. It took a long time to process what I'd seen, what I felt. 
and what I felt for others, those who were on the site and saw this stuff, those who were called out. I felt a deep, deep sadness for the perpetrator, you know? What kind of suffering must they be in to be moved to post that kind of stuff? That's not coming from a place of wholeness, that kind of action. Doesn't matter where it's directed, whether it's at this Dharma center, another Dharma center, to uh, a single person that we experienced in our Sangha. That feeling of being untethered today after, you know, uh, working with that and getting it sorted out, you know, uh, with Seth and Mayor and whoever else needed to be involved in that and changing the passwords and all the sorts of stuff that we had to do, of which I know nothing about because I don't know how to do that stuff. But I know people kind of came in to help, to take care of each other, to take care of the Sangha. That's their practice, not to turn away, not to not check in again because they might be afraid of what's gonna be on the site, but to take care of each other, to take care of the Sangha and to, I know that one or two of you are here to, right now, to come back, to stay with your practice to be able to bear witness to the, uh, the actions of those who are suffering. There's a quote from Maizumi Roshi, who we heard about uh, this weekend, this 25th year of his passing. Um, he said, this kind of group practice, such as at a Zen center, can be a real benefit to a world such as ours. Perhaps it is not so irrelevant to a world in which harmony is scarcer than diamonds and in which the realization of truth is widely regarded as an impossible dream. This kind of practice, such as at a Zen center, can be of a real benefit to a world such as ours. This kind of dedication to our practice, this kind of dedication to the Dharma, to find groundedness in Azazen. Perhaps it's not so irrelevant to a world in which harmony is which harmony is scarcer than the diamonds, and in which the realization of truth is widely regarded as an impossible dream. Right? So we know that our practice teaches us that this is not an impossible dream. That we can find a way of being in the world that is not grounded in vileness, creating disharmony. That's not our practice. Our practice is to be with wholeness. Just think for a moment of this person. Just 
notice how it feels in your body to hear the story of this person that is capable of such violence. What does that bring up for you? Rage, sadness. My feelings were, as I said, rage, sadness, feeling unsafe. And yet how can I not be untethered by that? I need to be grounded on my cushion. That's what I had to do this afternoon, was go to the cushion, sit on my cushion and feel safe in my practice, you know, so important. There's a story that I want to share, which is kind of the antithesis of this awful, awful person. And it's from someone who's applying for foundations this year. And um, this person is an oncologist and part of their application, there's this beautiful, beautiful story. I felt the sacredness again last year. My partner rescued a street cat that was ill. He named him Marbles. My partner bonded especially strongly with marbles, but soon his kidney problems became too severe to treat. One day I saw the coming death in marbles' eyes and I suggested to my partner that we take the next couple of days to be with him. We held him tight in the sun and stroked him on the couch. When the last hours came, my partner held him in his arms and I sat by them as we told him over and over again how much he was loved and how we thanked him for coming into our lives. When he finally passed, my partner was distraught. I remembered something I heard in a Zancare podcast years ago. The person in the podcast described how they had washed the body of a child after the child died. I suggested to my partner that we do so for Mr. Marbles. We got a large bowl of water and a couple of washcloths. And just as I heard the person describe, we washed and stroked and cried over and loved every part of Mr. Marbles' body. In truth, it is because of these two experiences so many years apart that I am applying for a foundations program now. We never know how our words can affect others. Two very different stories. The words of this person this afternoon and then reading the words of this other person on the same day. So how do we hold both of those uh, the, the beautiful words that we heard this afternoon and the awful words that we heard earlier today. You know, holding both of those, holding both of those uh, encounters and not demonize, actually not demonizing one and elevating the other. They're just two, two, two stories, right?
to end with a poem. If that's okay with everybody. This to me speaks of the of the beauty in our end world today. It's by Brad Aaron Modlin. It's a new poem to me, so and I'm very, very uh, moved by it. The title is What You Missed That Day You Were Absent From Fourth Grade. Anybody know it? Oh, good, 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 good. Perfect. <laughs> Mrs. Nelson explained how to stand still and listen to the wind, how to find meaning in pumping gas, how peeling potatoes can be a form of prayer, she took questions on how not to feel lost in the dark. After lunch, she distributed worksheets that covered ways to remember your grandfather's voice. Then the class discussed falling asleep without feeling you had forgotten to do something else, something important, and how to believe the house you wake up in is your home. This prompted Mrs. Nelson to draw a chalkboard diagram detailing how to chant the Psalms during cigarette breaks and how not to squirm for sound when your own thoughts are all you hear, that you have enough. The English lesson was that I am is a complete sentence. And just before the afternoon bell, she made the math equations look easy the one that proves that hundreds of questions and feeling cold and all those nights spent looking for whatever it was you lost and one person add up to something. The beauty, the simplicity of that poem, all the things that are important to us, right? Nothing else matters when we have whatever it is we have. Um, the beauty of words, the simplicity of uh, this practice, the difficulty of this practice. How do we hold both and stay grounded? That's the lesson for today. How do we stay grounded in these times of tumult, in these times of Hatred, disharmony, harmful speech, breaking of the precepts. This weekend we had the precepts. Um, the precept was not being angry. And it really riled us up. You know, the, the number of people in the, in the group uh, talking about the origins of their anger. And how they act out or don't act out, how they suppress it or how they express it in ways that could be violent and how they get to, how we get to look at that, how we get to work with that using our practice, using this Dharma practice to not cause harm to others. How will you use the precepts in these times of uh, uncertainty, 
in these times when anger abounds. Remember Mr. Marbles. Remember how he was loved and cared for. His body was washed. That's the kind of story I want to hear. The kind of words that I want to read. <laughs>